Hey there, friend. This is Brittany Dixon with Courageous Radiance Podcast. Hey, friend. So glad that you're here. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you can identify with a yes to this question. Is there anything in your life? Anything. Anything, anything. Not just this week or today. Is there anything in your life that you wish you can go back and redo after you've seen how it worked all the way out. Okay, I got both hands up. So we're going to talk through the life of King David. Well, an excerpt of his life in First Chronicles chapter 14. I know last episode I mentioned it's all things marriage this month, but we're going to do a little bit of a combination this month. So this week we're going to kick off with this story. And it's really entitled that God made a way. God made a way. He is making a way and he made a way past tense. If you are alive, breathing right now at this moment, listening to this podcast, God has made a way and he takes our dumb things. He takes our great things and he mixes it all together and he is writing a beautiful story called your life. So friend, he's made a way. Stay tuned. I'm so thankful for you. Thanks for taking a snippet of your day to spend some time here. And I pray that it's edifying. I hope that you are encouraged and that you take any or all of this in your quiet time with God, your unhurried time and your time with studying the word and that the Holy Spirit just goes crazy and that you guys get connected and that you are remaining in with him. That's what this podcast is for, for equipping and for encouragement and just the hope that this allows you to grow your anchor in Christ. So this season for my household, for me uh, individually, as well as just my home, we are under attack. And I don't know if that's you. If it's you, raise your hand. I am under attack. And and I get it that technically we all to some certain degree are under attack every single day that we walk out of the house. And some seasons though, it ramps up more. And maybe this isn't one of those seasons. Maybe you've never had one of those seasons, but this for me and my family is a season of attack. And it is emotionally exhausting. It is mentally wearing and spiritually Y'all, it is, it's a nightmare, Um, but there is hope. And the hope is to not look at my circumstance and to stay connected with Jesus, to remain fixed, fixing my eyes on Jesus. This is not just a scripture that sounds really great in the Bible or to memorize. It is a life verse. It is something that, you know, I think of training where I'm not in the military or or any armed for, armed forces, but I think of they go to this boot camp, right? They go away to this boot camp for so many odd weeks, and they're getting training. And then one day, that training, Lord forbid, really, because who wants a war? But when you think of the olden times with the prior wars, like my dad is a veteran; he fought in Vietnam, and he was trained and then he went off to war. There's time to execute. So each day taking our lives in a different lens, a different vantage point, that this is an opportunity 
to go out into our own sectors, our own spheres, and to utilize our equipping, to utilize our training. Because there is an enemy and he is coming for you, is already there attacking you. So in this ramped up season within my attack, I am swimming in James 1 verses 2 through 4. Today, I want to talk on the podcast. I know last week I mentioned that we were going to hop right into all things marriage, but again, just being flexible to what is going on in my unhurried and quiet time with God, I really want to talk through this. I don't know that anyone here identifies with this, but I, for me, my my whole spirit needed this this book um, that we're going to read from, which is First Corinthians. First Chronicles, excuse me, chapter 14, verses 9 through 17. But I want to start off with um, John 10, 10. John 10, 10. A thief comes only to steal and kill, steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that you may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's Jesus talking. Friend, aren't you so glad? So thankful. I, I know I am overwhelmed by the love of Jesus. What encouragement that in spite of the attack, in spite of the, the plan of the enemy, Jesus is like, but I have an even better one. And my better plan for abundance for your life is one that you can rely on because I am team you. He said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life. Nobody lays down their life for just some random person that they don't care about. So he's like, let's get this straight. I lay down my life for you because you mean everything to me. That is trustworthy. That is something that we can take to the bank. And you know, in this verse, I'm grateful that Jesus doesn't lie. I'm not a sugarcoat person. I always tell people like that. We recently had a a conference at my um, regarding one of my sons with his teachers and the principal, and I was like, "Listen, I am not a I'm not a sugarcoater. Like, just give me, give it to me straight. Then I can process. That's just me." Um, I love that Jesus says in John 16. We're not going to read it, but John 16:33. He's like, "In this world, you're gonna have trouble. Like, don't." Don't believe anything but that. You are going to have trouble, but I'm your peace. That's okay. Like, you're okay. I When I ride on the Peloton, I love one of my favorite instructor, instructors is Allie Love. I do a lot of her rides, and she always says, you're okay. You're okay. And it's, <laughs> right when she says it, I was just thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And she's like, but you're okay. You're okay. I, I really appreciate the reminder that you're okay. So the reminder for us in John 16, 33 is you're okay. You're okay. You're connected to me. And he didn't lie. Like, like I said, in John 10, 10, the abundance, he didn't promise a comfort comfortable life. That's not what is, that's not what we just read. He said that you will have an abundance a fullness. You can be full in trouble. You can have joy in chaos. You can have peace in trials. It's possible in Christ. Without Christ, eh, ain't gonna work. In Jesus, yeah, it's possible. So he gives it to us straight. So let's get to the reading today. Today is 1 Chronicles 14, again, 9 through 17. I just want to talk about God made a way. 
And this is so important because we should be focusing on God made a way before he makes a way. That's faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. We don't believe because of what we see. I don't see air, but I believe it. And, I, and goodness, I will know quickly if it's not there because I can't breathe. I don't see a lot of some planets right now without grabbing a telescope, but I know that they're there. So I may not be able to see, feel, touch Jesus tangibly, but I have faith and I know that he exists. And I know that this Bible is true. So I know that God, likewise, it has made a way, even if it's not my way, even if it doesn't work out to the advantage of what I want it to work out to, God is going to make a way. He is making a way for you, friend. It may not be your way, so you got to be flexible with what that means, but he has made a way. So two questions. First question is, where is the enemy raiding your stuff? Friend, girl, we got to get your stuff. Where is he raiding your life? Because the raid is happening, past tense, present, or in the future. It will. Let's talk through King David so we can hear about some raids in this particular, he was in many battles, but in this particular battle that he was in, let's talk about this battle um, in which he was, in which he experienced with the the Philistines. And I'm not going to read the whole thing all the way through. I'll, I'll read parts. But in verse nine, it says, now the Philistines had come and raided in Rephim Valley So David inquired of God, should I attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And then also again in verse 13, once again, the Philistines raided in the valley. So David, and this is verse 14. So David again inquired of God and God answered him. Do not pursue them directly. Circle around them and attack them opposite the Bosom trees. So Immediately, I don't know if you caught that. He's in a raid or there's attacks coming against him from the enemy. And an enemy he can actually see and touch, right? We can't always see tangibly. Um, sometimes the a lot of times our attack is in the spiritual realm. But he has this attack, this enemy attack coming against him. And he didn't cave in. I mean, maybe it's, it's not written there. Um, I don't know if he cried. I don't know if he broke down before he prayed to Jesus or to God. I don't know. But I do know that he did eventually get to God. And he said, should I attack the Philistines? He immediately was like, I'm under attack. So I need to go get my war plan, my strategy from my source. So I'm not going to just look to the circumstances and just give up wave the the white flag and just start, you know, having a whole breakdown. Like it's an enemy. The enemy is doing what the enemy is supposed to be doing. So now I need to go take my training and my war strategy and go clear it with the general who is God. And what does God want to do? So again, the question, where is the enemy raiding your life? It could be in your marriage. 
It could be at your job with your boss and your coworkers. It can maybe be in your bank account. Maybe just somehow you just are really trying. You got a whole second and a third job trying to do better with your finances. And it just seems like you're never getting ahead. Maybe it's in a health standpoint. Maybe you're in and out of the hospital every single week. Or you have this, this health bill looking at you and you've got three to six months. Maybe it's with your children and you have an adult child who's prodigal, you have kids in your house who hate you, you have young babies or toddlers who are running around and you are feeling overwhelmed, can't do anything for yourself, you know, and you're trying to remember, did I eat? Did I pee today? I can't quite, you know, maybe it's sleepless nights with a baby. What, where is, where is life heavy? Where do you feel? Maybe it's in work. Maybe it's in your peace. Maybe you're struggling with depression. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety. Friend, this is like all comprehensive. So in that John 10, 10, we know the strategy of the enemy. Like he's not really like that creative. <laughs> Each of our lives, it'll look different for sure. However, and even every season, it'll change. It's, it's fluid. But the main, uh, the main purpose of his attack is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. However he can do it, whether he completely, you know, keeps you from the Lord, you aren't saved, he'll that that's valedictorian level, or he for sure loves the A minus the B plus, where okay, you you're going, you got a toe in heaven, you're going to heaven, but he's gonna render you fruitless here on earth. But he's gonna destroy your marriage, but there's gonna be disunity with your kids, but you have no peace. But I mean, he's good with that. As long as you are not a kingdom minded, driven, and executing person. That is the plan to kill, steal, and destroy. So again, it might not be a physical death, but it metaphorically, spiritually, you're dead. So then the next question is, will you follow? Because that's what David followed. He followed God, which is why the Bible says that he was a man after God's heart. He didn't do things perfect, you know, we, we deal with that with our kids a lot. They're like, well, you just want us to be perfect. No, actually, I don't. I can't ask you something that I'm not. And I'm not the standard. The standard is God. So David is not necessarily the standard. So don't hear that. But look at what a sinful man who still had the ability to have a heart after God did. He had a problem. There was an enemy coming against him. He got postured and got still and silent and went to the Lord. So will you identify the non-negotiable of being with God in your attack or in preparation for what could come around the corner? It needs to be unequivocally, this is what you do. Knee jerk reaction. Attack. Oh, let me go with the Lord or let me press in even longer. Let me, let me. And here's the thing. It's almost like healthcare, like preventative health. You know, it's so funny to me when, um, <laughs> bless my husband, I mean, he's doing so much better. So let me just give that disclosure statement. But I always have like, I have a vitamin um, weekly for each, myself, my husband and my kids, color coded and everything. And whenever he would get sick, he wouldn't take any of his vitamins. And then whenever he gets sick, he'd be like, uh, where's that, uh, that vitamin C? I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> this is something you have to have been taken, have built up in your system. I mean, we can try, but that's not how it works. So same with God's word. You can't just like show up to the attack, just show up in your trouble like, oh, I'm ready now. Great. Perfect. Let's turn to this. But this is this is a lifestyle. 
This this is not an antibiotic. I mean, technically it it does heal, but this is a lifestyle. This is preventative. This is what this is training, reading God's word, being disciplined to spend time with God. We cannot just do that when the carpet has been taken from underneath us. It's a lot harder. Now, I will say that God has shaped me the most in my low times, and I was straight foolish. Foolish, foolish. So, I mean, certainly God can do all things. He he parted the Red Sea. But we just have to be careful to not enter our time of attack and just be like, well, why ain't it working? It's a vitamin. It is a lifestyle. So will you follow? In spite of the raid or the attack, and you'd have to read on your own time, but First Chronicles um, 13 also in your disappointments and in failed expectations because David was mad with God. What does it say? It's like verse 10. This is First Chronicles 13, verse 11. David was angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. So again, not, I don't want to digress, but David had some feelings, <laughs> some anger with God, with God's punishment. He felt it was a little bit extra prior. So I love how in just one chapter later, he turned it around. It was like, okay, yep, God is still my all. God is still my source. Let me get it together. So even, not even just the attack of the enemy or the, the situation you're in, but will you follow God when you don't agree with God? Or when you feel that God should not have allowed this person to die, or God should not have you know, um, caused your job to be lost or this health ailment. Certainly, God, you missed this. Where have you been? Are you asleep? Why am I dealing with this, right? So however that fits your sphere, will you still follow is still an applicable question. Our following cannot be based on everything is going great. Otherwise, you ain't ever going to follow. So it can't just be, I'm going to work out when I feel like working out. I need the discipline and to see the value, whether I see that direct pound that I lost or not. And we have to also consider our sin. Sin, Romans uh, 6, 23, it all sin leads to death. And it might not be an actual physical death again here. It could just be Sin causes separation from God. God is holy. He is set apart. He is distinct. He he can't even operate in that space. And that's why we needed a perfect savior to cover and save us, cover our sins, wash us clean so that we have a direct ability, a, a bridge into heaven. Because even in our best, even in all of my efforts, I will still always, always, always fall short. I don't care if I read the Bible 10 times, went to church every day, taught, discipled, did a cartwheel, did all the things. I will never be perfect. You will never be perfect. Stop trying to reach perfection. Rest in Christ. Now, he's still the standard. You can't like accept Jesus and just be like, all right, I'm gonna go live ratchet because I got Jesus. No, that's actually not what the Bible says. So we have to also be careful that if our suffering could, the attack could be in response to sin. Let's not let's not forget that. 
1 Peter uh, 4, and this will be on the blog. I don't know if you are subscribed to the blog, CourageousRadiance.com. Head there, get subscribed, free things immediately when you sign up. Also, every month, resources just to equip and encourage you. It is something I am truly passionate about, friend, about you and Jesus. BFFs. I'm passionate about it. But so all of this will be in the blog for this week in the podcast notes. But first Peter chapter four, verses one through three. And it's just this lifestyle of following Jesus. It is a lifestyle. And when we're not holding to this lifestyle of following Jesus, realizing that we're set apart, realizing that we're distinct, realizing that our life is going to look different. So the suffering is, there's the two, there's, you've got the suffering of you're following Jesus and this is a normal lifestyle of a believer. Just sorry, because your Lord and Savior suffered. Or is this suffering because you, God is like, we, I, I can't exist in this foolishness. We got to deal with the sin and then come back. And then let's come back. Cause I love you regardless. So God made a way. Let's go back to that. God made a way. Don't know when he's going to make a way. Don't know how. <laughs> Not sure his strategy, but God made a way. The, the strategy that God gave King David, it was like completely different than what was expected. He told them, uh, he, he told David a completely different strategy. <laughs> and I love that Every season, every situation will call from a stra- for a strategy that you've got to think outside of the box. And that box is something that you need God. That outside of the box mentality is going to come from God who already saw the attack before the attack. So he'll equip and he'll direct you through. So God, so imagine, imagine for a second, if David would have went to go fight the Philistines with his whole army, if he would have went in the way that he thought was fit or that he thought made sense or that all of his experience, even all of his research, and this is coming from an Enneagram five person who can, who loves research, loves all the knowledge. But even with all of my knowledge, even with all of my life experiences, it pales in, comp- in comparison to the wisdom of God. So God's wisdom says, yes, you're going to attack them, but I'm going to take you a different way. He said, do not, and this is again in verse 14, do not pursue them directly, circle around them and attack them from the opposite side. And then he goes on in verse 15, when you hear the sound of, of marching in the tops of the Basalam trees, then go out to battle for God will have gone out ahead of you to strike down the, the army of the Philistines. So David did as God commanded him, and they struck down the Philistine army from Gibeon to, to, to Gezer. Then David's fame spread throughout the lands, and the Lord caused all the nations to be terrified of him. Friend, who could have thought of the strategy that God is working out? Nobody. Like the, the, the wisdom of God we can trust and rely that he is working. He is making, he made a way against this attack of, of the enemies that were coming against David. And they were coming because they heard about all this fame and stuff and, you know, were coming against David with, with um, him being this new anointed king. And it's like, oh, well, let's, let's go wipe him out. And God is like, no, no, I, I, I've got this. 
So here's what you're going to do. Here's your strategy. Here's your war plan. It's going to look different. Might not make sense. Your army might even be like, why are we doing that? Why are we going that way? Okay. So it might not make sense, but I need you to follow. So I love even when he, he A, acquired, inquired for the strategy. B, he followed the strategy. He executed the strategy. He said, it says, David did as God commanded. And through that, after a heart posture of God, you're first, God, I rely on you. And after a heart posture of oh, faithful obedience to the exact T of what you're telling me to do in the strategy, then comes C, then comes the fame. Then comes the prosperity. Then it says David's fame spread. We can't seek the, the end at the beginning. We got to go through some steps. We got to go through some heart pruning. We've got to go through some missions. Some, you know, I think of it that obedience requires instructions. So, and even in order to obey, David would have need instructions of what he's even obeying to. The instructions require that David has heard what those even those instructions even are. Is he getting the instructions? Is he hearing them? And hearing the instructions requires faith. Romans 10, 17. Again, this will be on the blog and the podcast notes. But hearing the instructions requires the faith to have heard. Faith requires belief. Hebrews eleven six. Belief means that we simply trust God. So obedience requires instructions that you have an instruction to follow out, execute. Instruction requires that we've heard the instruction. Hearing requires faith. Faith requires belief. And belief means that I've trusted God. Fully trusted. I want to just finish with John 3.16. When I think of belief, immediately I think of... um, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, it's a promise of eternity. It's a promise that even if the way doesn't look like what you want it to to look like, even in the middle of attack, God has made a way. God already saw this coming. God. God is going to still use whatever and however. The enemy has a plan of attack, but God's strategy is even better. And whether he takes you around or he takes you through, I don't know, but God knows. Your part only requires that you surrender. So that surrendering, that trusting God in the middle, it's possible it's hard, but it's possible. And you know what? When we come on the other side of this, even if that other side doesn't look like what, what we want it to look like, we will be able to say, God made a way. God did it. God did it. God made a way when there was no way that appear, appeared possible. God did it. God did it. God made a way. Friend, I pray that this is encouraging for you in the season. If there is a, a, a war plan that is coming against you, I um, just want to pray for you briefly. And I pray that you have a great week ahead. And again, head to the blog, um, subscribe, and also share this with one other person that you believe that this would be a blessing for.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for um, just this opportunity to read in your word, be encouraged in your word. God, thank you for the principles that apply to us in this exact day. God, in the war plans that are coming against us, God, just strengthen us. Help us to remain connected to you, to just um, seek you, God, for clarity in our steps and our war plan, the strategy that you've already figured out for us, and to trust that you've made a way. You've made a way, God, and we thank you for that. We thank you that you love us that much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friend, I will see you here next week. Have a great week ahead.